I got my title here this morning, Soften Your Heart. Soften Your Heart, okay? All right. Somebody uh, look at the person next to you and punch them in the chest. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Elise is really quick. What can we say? It's really quick. She probably takes Taibo or, or Taekwondo or something too, doesn't she? Oh, I tell you what, soften your heart. This can mean a lot of things when we talk about softening your heart. And as I was praying and, and just seeking God out about what he wants to speak to us this morning, I think uh, the, the, you, may, you, you may not have ever heard it this way before. You may have heard the parable that we're going to be talking about, but I want you to prepare yourself to soften your heart for what the Lord has for you. So let's start in our, in our reading this morning in Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. And it says, listen and take note. This is Jesus speaking. Listen and take note. A sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell beside the path, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and soon it sprang up because it did not have deep soil. But when the sun rose, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded grain that sprang up and increased by 30, 60, or 100 times as much. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And if you hear me sometimes, I will use that, that quote right there. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because let me tell you something. We come into church, and so many times we close our ears off. Our ears are closed off. We're not listening. We can't hear the Lord. We can't hear what he has to say to us because we have closed off our ears. And part of the reason we close off our ears is because our, our heart needs to be softened just a little bit. Okay? Because let me tell you something. As we're going to learn this morning, many times we get, in, we get set in our ways. We, we think we know how it's supposed to be done. We open the Bible and we read something. We don't understand it and we, don't, we won't receive it because it's different than what we wanted. It's different than what we want to believe. It's very difficult. I've sat down with many people over my life, over, over my lifetime, and sat down with them and told them the truth and, and shared the word with them. And because because it didn't uh, conform to their way of thinking. They didn't like it. And the problem is it doesn't mean that everything, you may believe in salvation, all right? You may believe in, in that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and you may follow that. But you know the Bible is so huge, it's so big, there's so much more to offer than just salvation. Do you realize that the four Gospels, did, that it wasn't about salvation. If you see what they wrote, they didn't write about salvation. They wrote about Jesus. It was the gospel of Jesus. Now we know that through Jesus is salvation. But who wrote more about that? We had Paul wrote a lot more about that, right? He really talked to us about salvation. He really talked to us about those things. But we look at the life of Jesus, and the Bible says that he did so many things. It said that there's probably not enough books in the world to hold everything that he did while he was on this earth. We see a minuscule part of that. One of the things I want to tell you this morning, he said, these things that I have done and greater will you do. And you go, Whoa, what, do you mean? what does that mean? Well, we talked about some of that this morning. He healed blind eyes. You know what? These things and greater will you do. These things and greater. But sometimes our heart is not soft enough to understand and to receive that. We, we want to say, oh, well, no. Now, let me tell you something. 
Somebody was talking to my mom, I'm not going to say who, but somebody was talking to my mom one time, and they said, and they're a Christian, and they said, you act like Jesus is your best friend. And she's like, well, he is. I have a relationship with him. You see, what you got to understand about the Lord is you can have a relationship with him. It doesn't have to be something that you just follow along with. It doesn't, oh, he's God and I can't do anything. He's God. I trust him. He's, Jesus is my savior. He has saved me. But you know what? You can have a relationship. The word of God says that Jesus sticks closer you to you than a brother. Let me tell you something. How many of you have brothers? Raise your hand if you've got a brother. You got a brother in here? How many of you have ever fought with your brother? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, how many of you have ever been upset? Has there been a time that you haven't talked for, for a while, maybe, because you're so upset? I'll say me and my brother, we, we had, a, we had a, a time that we went through a, a, a little patch. You know, me and my brother are close friends, but we had a rough patch that we went through. We, we had to mend it all up, but Jesus, he sticks closer than that. As great as my brother is, and I believe that if I, was, if I was dying, if I was in a bad situation, my brother would be there. He'd be pulling me out. He'd be doing everything he could to save me. But you want to know something? As great as my brother is, Jesus is closer. He sticks closer. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He will never fail you. So Jesus is telling this story, and these disciples are hanging out with him. The 12 disciples and more are hanging out with him, and they go, what does this mean? And he goes, you don't know what this means? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Guys, if you hadn't figured this easy one out. What are you going to figure out? So let's go on to our next reading, Mark chapter 4, verse 13 through 20. He said this, then he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Stop right there. The sower sows the word. Now Jesus is the sower, but you are the sower. You know, when you have scripture, whether it's in your tablet, your phone, or in a book, when you have that scripture and you're speaking that word, you're sowing the word. When you, when you have areas in the scriptures that apply to you and you begin to speak them, even if you're only speaking them over yourself, you're sowing the word. Now, Jesus, he's the master sower, right? He's a master gardener. You know, he knows how to make everything grow and cultivate it, right? And so we want to listen to him. And so here's the master gardener saying, the sower sows the word. And so when you're the sower, just like Jesus was at that time, and when you're the sower, you need to be sowing the word. You know, let me tell you something. We can stand a lot stronger on the word uh, of God than we can stand on our, on our own. I've talked about this before, that when Jesus came up against a trial with Satan, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, and he was hungry, and he, he was thirsty, and Satan came to him, and he said, hey, you can do this, and you can do that. What did Jesus do? Jesus could have made up anything he wanted to, because he is the Word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, that, Jesus, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. He is the Word. And so he, he is there. He could have said anything you want, but what did he do? He quoted Scripture. He quoted what had already been wrote down. One of the great things on a side note here for you, one of the great things about that is, is if Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, that means the Old Testament still applies in many forms today. We're not under the law. I've already preached about that before. But there's many parts of the Old Testament that still are in effect today. The blessings are still in effect for us today. Jesus believed the Old Testament. You need to believe the Old Testament. It's sad. I've, I've talked to some people who think the Old Testament is dead and gone. No, 
The Old Testament helps us understand the New Testament. You can't really understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. That was free. You can put that in the back, and you can eat that later. So the sower sows the word. Go on the next scripture there, verse. These are uh, those beside the path where the word is sown. But when they hear Satan, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word which is sown in their hearts. Now, if you go back, just to help you understand that, he says, some seed fell beside the path and the birds of the air came and devoured it. So sometimes when you sow that word, when you sow something, it goes to the side and it's devoured. Why? Because people aren't receptive to it at that time. Okay? I'm preach on Sunday mornings, and sometimes, and some of you have went through this, that seed has fallen, and, and your, your, your heart is not soft enough to receive the word. If you've ever planted anything, you can't throw seeds on a hard surface. Not only will the birds come, but the sun also will scorch that seed where it can't grow. It's got to be able to get its, its roots down in there. So even, even us as Christians, sometimes somebody sows word into us and somebody gives us something. You know, let me tell you something. When somebody gives you a blessing of the word and they speak that over you, you need to take that. It doesn't matter how bad your situation is right now. You need to take that and let that grow inside of you. You need to say, hey, you know what? I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if what they're saying, if it's, it's going to happen to me now or later, but I will receive it. Words mean a lot. And we need to speak life. And we need to receive that life when it's spoken to us. So the, the, it was sown and the birds came and they took it away. So he says, these are those beside the path where the word is sown. But when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word which is sown in their hearts. Don't, do not let, the, let Satan steal the word that is for you. Do not let him steal it from you. Others, likewise, are seed sown on rocky ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, but have no roots in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution rises for the word's sake, immediately they fall away. You know, it is really easy to get excited on a Sunday morning. You know, you hear somebody preach a message, you know, and you're like, oh, I love that, man. This is great, man. I just love what I just heard, man. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something with this. It's really easy, right? And then you get out there and you go home, you eat your, eat your lunch, then you go to sleep, take a nap. Well, some of you do. I don't, but, you know, I don't have time. But, you know, one day. You're home, you take a nap, and you're relaxing. Then you get up. Maybe you come to prayer that evening. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Then the next day comes, and you go to work. And then somebody at your job, you know, sticks you, right? They do something that's just like, Ugh! and that word that you heard yesterday just goes flying out the window, it may, it may set in for a time. It may set in for a time. But then, then it, it, it's, it's good. But then you begin to minister to somebody. He says this right here. What he said, when affliction or persecution rises for the word's sake. And, and, and then all of a sudden, somebody's giving you a hard time because, you know, you're a Christian or because you live a certain way. Oh, well, I, I didn't watch that movie. You know, that just, uh, you know, I didn't read that book. 
You know, I wasn't a part of that. Why not? Well, I just didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. You know, as a Christian, I believe that I need to keep my mind healthy and, and ready for what God has for me, you know? Hey, you know, you want to go you, you want to go out and go drinking with me t- Tuesday night? You know what? I, I tell you what, I've got a Bible study I'm going to. You what? Wednesday night, you know, hey, well, let's go do that. No, I'm going to, and all of a sudden, persecution comes up, and, and, and people start getting aggravated and, and, and treating you wrong, and after that affliction arises, it falls away, it dies off. So when you, when, you, when you throw that out in the wrong place, when that seed goes into the wrong place and it's not ready and it's not cultivated, it grows up, but then it gets choked out. The life of it gets choked out and it gets pulled down. Now there's seeds sown among thorns, the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So think about this. He's saying, this seed is sown, but the things of this world get in the way. So maybe, some of you may have dealt with that where somebody's persecuted you, and you lose that word. You lose what is inside of you. Others of you uh, have, have went through this maybe at some time in your life where the things of the world come up. The word is there. The things of the world just kind of start coming up and you know what? Have you ever seen a, if you seen a garden and you're waiting for the tomato plants to pop up or, or, you know, beans or cantaloupe, but then for some reason those weeds, man, they come up so quickly, right? And they look beautiful too. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, like, oh, it looks good, you know? That looks great. I'm growing something. Christy was doing that in our backyard. She had, she had one of those garden, you know, uh, boxes back there. And she's like, all I can grow is weeds in this thing. She couldn't get anything to grow in it for a while. They, they, and they come up, and you're like, hey, man, it looks great. Well, that looks good. But you want to know something about those weeds? They don't produce anything of benefit to you. They look good, but they don't produce anything of benefit to you. Instead, they choke out the sustainability, the things that sustain you. And we allow that in the world today. We allow that th- those things of the world, whether we're chasing and I've said this before, and you know, success is great. I think that the Lord wants us to be successful. Don't don't ever run away from success. Okay, God gives you money. Praise God. Do with it what God wants you to do with it. Just don't let it control you. Don't let it. Don't don't say, "Oh, I got this money now. I can do whatever I want to do." Instead, say, "Oh, God, God, you know, you gave me this." You gave me this. Now, what can I do with it? How can I bless you? How can I bless somebody else for you? How can I see people say because of this money? Let me tell you something. One of my great friends, my, my mentor said, I thought it was great. He says, money promotes the gospel. If we would take, it, take this in our head and put it in our mind that money is there for us to promote the gospel, maybe we would look at our money a lot differently. Think about that. You think about that? I look at my money a lot differently. You know, uh, Connie and I were talking the other night, and we're like, yeah, God's going to bless us. And, man, the ministry we're going to be able to do because God's going to bless our finances. You know, it's not about me getting rich and driving a Mercedes. It's about me being able to drive a Chevy and bless the Lord. And hopefully it's a little newer. Praise God. Hey, hey, you know, you never know what God's got out there for you. You know, you just got to keep on looking, keep on praying, keep on believing. The rich young ruler dealt with this, right? The rich young ruler's heart was not soft enough. It hadn't been tilled up enough, right, 
to receive the word. And he came to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, let me tell you something. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to keep the commandments. He says, hey, that's great. I've done done that ever since I was a little boy. I've been going to church forever. I went to Sunday school. I went to first service. I went to second service. I went to the the night service, I went to Wednesday night, I was in I was in this class and that class, and I went on a missions trip, and I was in, you know, and he said, man, I've done all this. And God says, oh, Jesus says, that's great. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible says he went away sad because he had a lot. Because he wasn't willing to give up the things of the world. He wasn't willing to give up the pleasures of the world to really follow Jesus. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross first. He didn't say at the end of it, we'll put you on a cross or you need a cross. He says, you take it up first. Do you know what the cross is? The cross is pain and suffering. It's trials and tribulations. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he had to deal with some rough stuff. Great things happen too right? He was sitting out there, and if you remember, he was taking a nap in, in, in the boat, and the disciples were upstairs, you know, and they, were, they got all upset. Where's Jesus? He's not, what, is he sleeping? Does he not understand we're about to drown? And Jesus got up, and he says, listen, this cruise line ain't going down. He says, be still, and the water and the waves were still, and they cruised on. So Jesus, is, Jesus had great times when he was on this earth. I don't want you to think just because you're a Christian that you don't have great times. The word says that we're supposed to be thankful and joyful in everything, no matter what we're going through. So we can still have a great time on this earth. But what I'm saying is it may not always be perfect. We see Christians overseas that are getting their heads chopped off, that, they're, that they don't have the things that they need. But when you go and you meet these Christians well, their number one thing is, I just want to see the people saved that were treating me badly. Those that didn't know Jesus. Why? Because they don't care about the things of this world. Yes, they would love to have hot water, and they'd love to have a shower. They would love to have food on the table. They would love to be able to have a car to take them here and there. But the main point is, even if I don't have that, as long as other people can find Jesus. And the rich young ruler went away, and he was sad. Now, when we talk about the word going and the words being sown out there. You know, a lot of people think that they read this scripture, and you may have heard it preached, and it's all about salvation. It's a lot more than salvation. The word is, is I mean, let me tell you something. You got a bunch, you know, look at your Bible. There are a bunch of you got your Bibles open. That's a, that's a lot of word right there. And even though all of it leads to salvation, there's a lot in there that's for you. The disciples, if you recall what I said earlier, Jesus said, said, hey, everybody, all you people that are following me around and listening to me, and there was hundreds and thousands of people that followed Jesus around. And, you know, we talk about the 12, but you got to understand there was a lot more than that. And he says, hey, everybody, these things and greater will you do. And then not long after that, he gets hung on a cross. And the guy, the main dude, you know, he was in charge, Peter. He denied Christ three times. I don't even know this dude. I don't even know this guy. 
What had happened? The word had been sown into Peter, but his heart wasn't soft enough to receive that word and let it really germinate and, and, and grow inside of him so that he would have it long term. And so that when Jesus went up on that cross, instead of him denying Christ, he turned around and he he would have he would have went the right way, right? He would have done the right thing, but instead he denied Christ. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me. Oh, no, I'm not going to deny you. How many of you, how many of you haven't listened to the word, haven't been listening to Jesus, haven't been, listened, haven't been reading your word and, and understanding it? And, and, and Jesus is telling you this is going to happen. Oh, no, God, I can do it on my own. That's really what Peter had said. I could do it on my own. All these disciples, they're like, oh, okay, that's great. We're going to do these things. And the next thing you know, they turn around and they're denying Jesus. And they're, not, they're running and they're scared and everything else. They didn't take that word into their heart. They didn't take that word in their heart. That was the disciples. That's what happened to them. And then Jesus, Jesus presented himself to over 500 people after he was raised from the dead. And before he ascended into heaven, he, had, he presented himself to over 500 people. And he gave them instructions. He says, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to take on off out of here. I've got a uh, 430 flight, and I'm going to be going on out, all right? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father has come. Realize, realize what I just said. Over 500 people saw Jesus before he, before he ascended into heaven, but only 120 people were there at the last, at the end of the 10 days of praying to receive the Holy Spirit. Only 120 the disciples before Jesus died, the disciples after Jesus died, something happened. Their hearts softened when Jesus came out. You remember Jesus. Well, you may not remember this. If you haven't read it, you haven't remembered this. I'll tell you, okay? It's great. Jesus was standing on the shoreline. The guys are out there fishing all night. They haven't caught anything. And, and the guy, he hollers out. He goes, hey, hey, throw it on the other side. They threw it on the other side. They start pulling all these fish in, and Peter realizes it's Jesus. And he jumps off the boat and he swims to Jesus. And Jesus is over there cooking some, you know, some trout. I don't know what it was. You know, whatever they had. Maybe some lump crab on top of it. I don't know. You know, some good food. You know, he's cooking up. Peter comes up. He's like, oh, oh my goodness, it's Jesus. What had happened? Peter had realized, Peter, when Jesus rose from the, from the grave and had presented himself to him, Jesus was what was important. His heart now was soft enough to receive what was important. As a matter of fact, what happened at that point? Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. He had to tell him to take care of my sheep three different times. He wanted to make sure Peter knew. Why? Because upon that rock, Peter means rock, upon that rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. And then Peter was the one who was up there at, at Right before Pentecost, he was in that prayer meeting for 10 days. He was up there in that prayer meeting, a 10-day prayer meeting, folks. Y'all ready to have one? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't sign up just yet. <laughs> they had a 10-day prayer meeting, and then the Holy Spirit came down, and Peter come out. And what did Peter do? He presented the gospel in a way that over 3,000 people, with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. With the, Remember, there were over 1,000 languages and dialects approximately on the day of Pentecost that was out there. But he speaks, and the Holy Spirit moves on the way, though. Only the Holy Spirit, he had allowed the Holy Spirit to come in, and he had allowed the Word to, to grow inside of him. And he was able to preach, and over 3,000 people were added to the church just that 
day, and that started a wave where people were added to the church daily, after day, after day, after day. Why? Because he, his heart had softened to be able to receive that and to be able to grow in that. There's a song by a, a great Christian singer that was taken way too young, in my opinion, Keith Green. And this is what the song says. So many times I've tried to tell you, but I don't think you've been listening. There's nothing I want to try and sell you because his love is free. You're so proud of saying you're a seeker, but why are you searching in the dark? You won't find a thing until you soften your heart. The message is so very simple. You got to be like a child to see it. Because Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. You try to make things so complicated, but you really don't have to be smart. You don't have to learn a thing until you soften your heart. Well, if, this, if just this once, I could show you your empty life. I know you would follow him right now. Well, I know it sounds just too good to be true. But if he lives in you, you will never die. You will live forever. Take care of forever now. You tell everyone to keep on smiling. Your outlook on life is so positive, but deep down inside, you're searching for a reason to live. Like everyone else, you're scared of dying, but the power of death has been blown apart, and you'll live forever if you'll just soften your heart. Are you willing to soften your heart? You say, okay, maybe you've already received the Lord, but maybe there's other things that the Holy Spirit, God is trying to do for you. He's trying to speak into your life and trying to, to grow you in. But you're like, okay, I'm saved. I'm great. I, you know, I, 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 I got the kisses. I got the little kiss right here, right? You know, the little chocolate kisses. But the Lord's saying, no, but man, I got you this huge Hershey bar over here I want to give you. And you just want the little kiss. I got this huge Hershey bar over here. You sure? Oh, God, I'm good. Yes, salvation will get you to heaven. It's the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But why in the world would we take what the Lord said, that I have so much for you, that you can do so many things through me, more than I could do. He even said in his word, he even said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you to be witnesses. To be amazing, strong witnesses. You know, when I have Connie stand up here this morning, I have people have her praying for people. That's not something just to do. It's not just something, oh, okay, well, Connie's up there. It's great. You know, this church, they pray for people. That's great. When Connie's up here praying, it's that we believe that God is going to touch your need. When we come together on a Sunday night, it's because we believe that the needs we're praying for are going to be touched. And you go, oh, wait a minute, but you've been praying for this needs. This I don't care how long I've been praying for it. There's a woman for 12 years she had been searching and looking for a cure. She had went to many, many doctors, and she couldn't find the cure. And she just had to keep on. And then she said, oh, here's Jesus. But she had to fight through the crowd to get to Jesus. And then she said, if I can just grab 
just a little bit of his robe, just touch it a little bit. I know I can be healed. We talked about the blind man this morning. He didn't get healed on the first try. Well, I shouldn't say try. <laughs> Jesus doesn't try. He didn't get healed the first time when Jesus spat in that mud. Did that mean he didn't get healed? No, he got healed. He could have been like, oh, I see men walking around the street. See you, Jesus. That's right. I got no idea. That's what, but how much do we do that? When the Lord says, you go, oh, all right, I'm saved. Great God. I'm great. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. And the Lord says, but, but wait a minute. Wait, whoa. I've got so much more for you. It could be the stepping stone of what I talked about earlier. The person who talked to my mom and says, oh, Jesus seems like he's a close friend of yours. Could be as much as just growing to that point that you have a relationship. But it could be even more than that. Listen, let me tell you something. If we're going to live an unlimited life in Jesus, then we've got to allow Jesus to, to do it in us. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do in us. There is so much that he said, these things and greater will you do. And we sit back and go, oh, that's great. And then I go, God, how many people can we touch if we would take that to heart and say, these things and greater, Lord, you're going to do in me. And then those things happen. Those people start coming to Christ. When Connie and, and her team went out yesterday and they're going out and praying for people, they could have been like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, yeah. you got okay. But instead, they pray. And then when Christy's praying with that one lady and she's bawling in Walmart because she lost her son a year ago, the, the, uh, on, I think it was on Mother's Day a year ago, I think it's what they said, lost her 19-year-old son. When they went to pray for her, the question was, is there anything we can pray for you? Oh, I'm good. And her daughter said, uh, your son? And then Christy began to pray. And, and, and those that were with Christy began to pray for her. Do we believe something's changing? Yes. Do we believe that the Lord's speaking into her life? Yes. I pray she comes into this service and receives even more because she needs a family like this that can come around her and love her and pray with her and be there and encourage her and strengthen her. And when she's not strong, they're there to be strong for her, right? That we're there to be strong for her. But you don't want to know something? If we stop at salvation or we stop at another point, and you know what? Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You go, well, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was you know, 20 years old, and now I'm 45 or you know, whatever, and, and that was great. I knew a person and they're like, yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was this, this age. But, they, but 20, 30 years later, done anything with it. You haven't let God move in your life. You haven't let God use you in miraculous ways. You took, why? Not for your glory. Like I think it was what, what you said this morning. It's not for, for um, a show. I mean, I'm paraphrasing you this morning, okay? It's not, it's not for a show. It's not so that people go, oh, look at you, look at you, look at you. But instead, it's to lead people to Jesus because they see that and they go, man, this God cares about me this much. Sometimes it's just what happens inside a person's soul that will change them. But sometimes it's a touch your prayers about another situation. But you've got to be ready. And as we read our word, and I, I love that, uh, again, referring back to our class this morning, talking about having to get up earlier. This is very challenging this morning. Get up earlier. Get in the word. Make sure you got the word every day. I, I thank, you, thank you, Will, for that. That is a, 
very challenging. But are we putting that inside? And then, are we doing more than just reading it? And when we're praying, are we doing more than just saying some words? Or are we letting the Lord plant his word inside of our heart to grow? Are we softening our heart up? Have we taken that tiller and run over our heart with it, you know, and soften it all up? That'd be bloody, right? <laughs> anyway, but we softened our heart up so that the, that, that, that can grow and that we can become everything. Well, be all that you can be in God's army. You know, <clears throat> have we done that? Are we doing that? Are we ready? Mom, come to the piano up here and play for a minute, and we're going to pray. And <clears throat> I like what he said in, in that song. He said, the message is so simple, you got to be like a child to see it. Because Jesus said, let the little children come to me. What is it about little children that's different than us crazy adults, us whacked out adults? They believe anything's possible. They're unlimited. They don't think, I mean, that's why a child, I could, I could put a, a three-year-old on the back back there, right, on, that, on, on the top of that thing, and I could stand there and I'd say, jump to me, and they would jump, right? Because they, oh, yeah, you can catch me. Now, if I put Will back there and said, jump to me, Jill be, uh, Will be like, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. You know how hard it is for somebody to jump out of a burning building even when there's something down there at the bottom to catch them? Why? Because, but a child, we don't know any better. You know, we jump on a, when we were a child, you know, back before, you know, you had helmets, you just jump on the bike and you'd run, you'd go down these hills as fast as you can, not even thinking that if you break something, you're going to slide across the ground and who knows what's going to happen to you. Who cares? Why? Because anything, hey, it doesn't matter. And when Jesus says, hey, the suffer little children come unto me and, and we need to come as a child, why? Because children, they don't think nothing about it. Jesus can do anything. Oh, Jesus, you said what? You said you can heal? Jesus, you said you can save? Jesus, you said you can do all these things? I believe you. Us adults, what do we do? You can, I don't know, God. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. I don't know if that really happened or not. You, 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 yeah, I know. I know you want to touch in this area. That's what you said, but I just don't know, you know, because let me show you, God. Let me show you everything right here, all right? Okay, this has to happen, and then this has to happen. I just don't see how, that, that's just not logical. Sometimes I think the Lord wants to go, did I create the heavens and the earth out of nothing? Do you not get this? Soften your heart. Let God do what he wants to do in your heart. Let God grow the word in your heart that you need. Prepare for that. Prepare your heart for that. Praise God.